It's that time of the early offseason where prognosticators across the internet are categorizing teams. Let's get into what Jeremy Fowler and Daniel Jeremiah have to say about the future for the Cincinnati Bengals. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're going to get into what Daniel Jeremiah said about the Bengals Championship Foundation, in addition to what Jeremy Fowler said about the Bengals being teetering contenders. Are the Cincinnati Bengals teetering contenders? If you're new to this podcast, you can find it on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And when you subscribe, it makes it really easy to become an everydayer and to make us your first listen. We re- really appreciate all of you who do either or both of those things and james are the cincinnati bengals teetering contenders as jeremy fowler wrote on espn yeah i i think uh i think that's a fair way to describe them and th- there's a lot of reasons why they are contenders and why they we could look up 11 months from now and think they're the best team in the nfl but they have plenty of holes to fill in the past couple of shows we've discussed that and outlined that and so putting them in that teetering contender arena at this point with many unknowns over the next few months that will get answered, many questions that even over the next few weeks will get answered with free agency less than a month away, they have holes to fill. And if they fill those holes, I think they could be up there with insert whatever team you want to, but they need to add the right guys. They need to hit in the draft. They need to hit in free agency. Their margin for error isn't as large i would say is it it felt like it was a year ago and it probably wasn't as big as we felt like it it could have been a year ago as far as weaknesses and holes and things like that and so it might not have been as good as it was last year as good as it felt i think going into 2023 but it might not be as bad as it feels here either and i think they could quickly get to that high-end upper echelon but let's say burrow hadn't gotten hurt and they had made a super bowl run we would have admitted that they were a flawed team and that they had flaws that they had to address anyways. And so they're one of really 32 teams that have flaws, that have big question marks, I think, that are, are going to be answered over the next few months. Yeah, when you get to the point that you're paying your quarterback, it's kind of impossible to not have some sort of flaw. Just look at the Chiefs, just look at the, the Bills, look at any team that is paying their quarterback that is a contender. And by the way, the categories, just so you know what a teetering contender is in the context of this Jeremy Fowler article, Go from still major contenders, need a postseason breakthrough, teetering contenders, headed on the right track, stuck in the middle but a move or two away, stuck in QB purgatory, this could go either way, new coach, new direction, rebuild in the works, or yep, still rebuilding. So we've got, what is that, nine different categories, ten different categories. The Bengals are in the third tier of this categorization system. And To call them teetering contenders, I think, means, yes, contenders, like you said, James, but they have all these moves they need to make to maintain that status and keep the thing going around Joe Burrow, not have a down year around Joe Burrow. As you occasionally see with teams that have paid their quarterbacks, you occasionally see some some down years happen when they don't put it together the right way. Last year, an example of that for the Bengals, but that was largely around Joe Burrow's injury. But you think back to the Super Bowl year, and you think Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Tyler Boyd, 
Jonah Williams, DJ Reader, Hayden Hurst, Chidobe Awuzie, big factors on those teams. T. Higgins, obviously, on that team. Joe Mixon, obviously, on that team. The future for those two is still a little bit up in the air, although we obviously expect T. Higgins to return for at least one season on the franchise tag. When you have that many players that potentially are departing from your Super Bowl year, not to mention various other role players and some other players that could be in the last year of their deal, then that's where you have to make sure you've restocked and and have youth coming in or have replaced with money those players to keep the championship streak or, or roster contention status going around your star quarterback and star playmaker. That's where Daniel Jeremiah's championship foundation helps us to put this into perspective as well. We'll get to that in a little bit, but the point I'm trying to make there is when you lose a bunch of guys that were key parts of your championship runs in 21 and 22, you have to have guys that you've drafted either step up and fill those roles, or they're going to have to go spend money to fill those roles sufficiently. And it's going to look different. Like it's looked different for the chiefs. It's potentially going to look different for the Bengals instead of being quarterback plus three receivers plus you know, a few defensive playmakers driving things, maybe it'll look a little bit different in the next iteration with Tyler Boyd headed out in free agency this year, most likely. It, yeah, it it should look different and it should evolve. And that's that's why the Patriots are one of one when it comes to their dynasty is because they evolved throughout time and throughout two decades. And they were very, very different. If you look at the 05 Patriots versus the 02 Patriots or 03, I guess, because they didn't win in 02. Yeah, versus the 2015 Patriots. It's just they, they look way different throughout their their Tom Brady eras uh, because it was multiple, uh, as, as wild as it sounds. And so this Bengals team, they've they've gotten it. The, uh, part of why they're here is because they picked, and I th- I'm comfortable saying this, they picked the wrong position to pay. They paid both linebackers. You let Bates walk, and you could have easily – kept Bates for the cap wise, what you would have done one of those linebackers plus mix in, or, you know, there's a a lot of different variations, but now they're playing catch up there and there's multiple spots, right? When we talk about heck moving on from mixing, which is going to be a topic until they make a decision one way or the other or restructuring Sam Hubbard or, or asking him to take a pick All, all of these things. When we talk about that, they need to make sure that those resources, whatever they use, that they get it right. And last year, part of it was the Nick Scott experiment, and that did not work. Now, the good news is, is Jordan Battle was able to, to come in and help there. But they, the backfield needs to be right. Like, they need to be right about Charlie Jones as a slot or find the right slot to replace Boyd in general because they will still use a slot receiver regardless. Now, that may be Brock Bowers. That might not be necessarily a wide receiver, but there aren't many guys that you would look at at tight end in this class and say, all right, that can, that can fill that role or give you even more there than you had. So point is, they're going to lose guys. They're going to lose more guys this offseason. Jonah is going to sign elsewhere. They need to get it right with how they fill that, whether it's with the 18th pick, whether it's with a veteran, whether it's insert whatever way, it needs to be right. And that's why I think they're teetering is because you have – multiple areas like that and if you get it wrong it could really cost you and it could be a a topic that we discuss all season long next year yeah and that's what happens over the course of teams that try to build around quarterbacks when they think they have the guy and i think the bengals rightfully think they have the guy at quarterback 
That makes team building much easier. You're not in QB purgatory like we were for so many years watching this team with Andy Dalton. They're not dealing with a disgruntled quarterback like they were with Carson Palmer toward the end. So if they can build around Joe the right way, and to the point of many who have pointed out the injuries that have ended his seasons, protect him adequately, then you just have to put the team around him and you have the quarterback that's good enough to to go toe-to-toe with anyone in the NFL and get to the Super Bowl. And honestly, good enough to win the Super Bowl if he had a lick of starting offensive line help in the years that the Bengals made deep playoff runs. So that's why we talk about the offensive line every year. And when you have that core in place, that ticks a couple of the boxes for Daniel Jeremiah's Championship Foundation, James, that we're going to talk about, which I think is a a fun and and pretty useful way to to think about team's contender status. Yeah, let's do that. But they had, to a degree, had a enough in the offensive line room in, in 22 and then three guys get hurt oh yeah that's that, that's really i just want to mention that like they tried and they've tried and it's been mixed results and i think the margin for error now you can't have as many mixed results you can't have the the first round hit with a, a jamar right and then the second rounder with jackson carmen mm-hmm. where you get zero from him like literally nothing like this year they need to get instant impact guys whether it's draft free agency and, and it's got to kind of be like 2020 where the first three rounds you look at it and you're like, man, those dudes can play. Yeah. Burrow, Higgins and Wilson. Big factor always is hitting on draft picks. And we're going to talk about how some of the recent draft picks may or may not fit into the Bengals future as well. When we look at Daniel Jeremiah's championship foundation and, and talk about those pieces coming up next. Locked on Bengals is sponsored by better help. This next segment brought to you by BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need to get something off of our chest, whether it's big, whether it's small, certain things can start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life, whether it's problems at work, stress at work, stress at home, all of those things can pile up. And that's where BetterHelp comes in because BetterHelp is a flexible option for those that have considered therapy, thought about therapy, but have really busy schedules and might not be able to go meet someone in person. Well, therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than what is going on in the Bengals world and what they do in the draft and free agency, for example. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on so daniel jeremiah james has talked about this championship foundation idea for years and it's the idea that there are certain things that teams have certain criteria that teams must meet to be championship contenders every year and ideally you want to check all of these boxes and this is something that he came up with a long time ago but this year on his podcast, he's going through every team, division by division, and, and going through his championship foundation criteria and assigning by color codes, which mean different things from blue chip to good to contract injury concerns, or we're really missing this one. And he's going through that for every team. And the Bengals check a couple of important boxes mm-hmm. and have a couple of question marks. There's nothing as I recall it, that is a serious concern, but there are a couple of question marks. And I think this is an interesting way to look at it because 
it, it is flexible and it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think DJ missed a few things, but we can talk about what he wrote and, and kind of how he put it together. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the blue chippers. Let's start with the studs, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Trey Hendrickson. No one's debating that it's the three best players on the team. And that, that's why I bring up Bates, by the way, is because you lost a blue chipper. You, you did. And it's tough to, to overcome that. Now, you look at those three guys, all three are going to be here for the foreseeable future. Jamar Chase doesn't have that extension, but he's under team control. He will be a Cincinnati Bengal. And so I, I look at that and I'm like, all right, you're in a good spot. But then it's it's a lot of just okay to good. And, and I was thinking, this is something that you said on the pod probably a few weeks ago. Is the Bengals are playing or are paying for a lot of solid players but when you do that in free agency you have to overpay a little bit and pay a little bit more and that takes its toll too and so when i look at and i don't think they're overpaying orlando brown jr by the way but orlando brown jr alex kappa ted karras that's a lot of money at three offensive line spots especially when you still have a hole at right tackle it's not like you have a rookie deal there or a star there and then sam hubbard bj hill a lot of money logan wilson jermaine pratt a lot of money those are all the green, which means good in DJ Daniel Jeremiah's calculations. And so I look at that, and I literally, the moment I saw this graph, I was like, oh, that's what Jake was talking about. It's a lot of good. But when you do that and you're paying these guys on second contracts, third contracts, it's, I don't even want to say overpay because I don't necessarily think BJ Hill was overpaid, but it's a lot of resources going to those spots and you need to get like higher end production if you're spending in free agency at those spots. And I, I think it's been a mixed bag. Like Alex Kappa, I like Alex a lot. I think he had an up and down 2023. I think that's fair to say. I thought he was their best lineman in, in 22, 23. It was up and down and they're going to need him to be better next season. Yeah. I think that when I talk about the paying a lot for average, it's because of how many guys are paying that are kind of average. And to be fair, when you have better blue chip players around them, like there's one blue chipper on the offensive line or one more blue chipper on defense, then those green players for Daniel Jeremiah's graphic, which you can go find on Twitter, on his Twitter account, uh, at Move the Sticks, you can see all this stuff. But you mentioned Orlando Brown, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Sam Hubbard, BJ Hill, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. Those guys play better. Their level is elevated when you've got the extra blue chipper or two whether it's DJ Reader playing healthy and and Jesse Bates, maybe the combination of those two guys, everyone's going to look better around those guys when you have guys playing at a Pro Bowl level. Although Bates, of course, his last couple of years in Cincinnati, a little bit inconsistent, was really good in the playoffs, at least, for this team. So that's where we're talking about looking for those instant impact guys who can elevate the players around them a little bit more because the Bengals are paying a lot of guys that are good. And when you look at this list, James, the other thing that really stands out to me is very few of these guys are on rookie deals. Jamar Chase, you got a little bit of rookie contract left. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the guys we've talked about so far. Like in terms of surplus value that you largely get from rookie contracts, I think other places the Bengals are getting surplus contract value would be like a guy like Mike Hilton, who we'll talk about a little bit later because he didn't make DJ's list and he should have. And I think they're actually getting surplus value from Trey Hendrickson, even though he's one of the higher paid players on the team. I think he's underpaid compared to what he would get on the open market if he was a free agent this year after he's put together three consecutive pretty dang good top end pass rushing seasons in the NFL. 
So yeah, yeah. When you look at it, and you're looking for where they're getting surplus value, where they're getting a rookie contract, where are they where are they getting a guy who's outperformed? Well, they've had that for the last few years. Shadobe Awuzie outperformed his contract, for example. Mike Hilton continues to outperform his contract. Uh, Alex Capitek, Harris at times have outperformed their contract last year. I think adequately paid, correctly paid for the kind of production they got from those guys. I think you need a little bit more from that in terms of getting more bang for your buck, be it rookie contract or finding those value free agents that are contributing to push the team into a more comfortable space in terms of being contenders and, and championship foundation status. Yeah. I think when, when I look at this list and, and we'll get to some that are in the, the unproven or uh, unproven area or age contract status, all of those things. But I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, they need these guys that are there to be hits, right? And that's that's the difference. Like with the Sam Hubbard, BJ Hill scenario where they're both in the green. Well, if Miles Murphy can emerge and become one of these guys, even a green player on next year's team, mm-hmm. right? Where he makes this list and he's green. That is value because he's on a rookie deal. Exactly, so, 100%. So they need that. Yep. And that ties in. I, I was really trying to delicately toe the line here because I want to get into the other two categories that we haven't dove into completely yet. Because I, I think that's might be that might be the key to the offseason in, in, in a big way outside of defensive tackle. And, and then we can also get into what they missed on or what he missed on because I agree with you. Mike Hilton, I mean, the last, what, 12 games of the year, 13 games of the year, he was balling. Oh, yeah. Balling. And so I, I expect them to do the same. So uh, let's do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And NBA is almost back following the All-Star break. And whether it's the NBA, whether it's college hoops and the University of Cincinnati as West Miller's crew trying to make an NCAA tournament run, whatever the case is, you got to get to America's number one sports book because right now, new customers with FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins. All it has to be is a $5 bet. And they have quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, so much more in one spot. FanDuel, it's the name you know, the name you trust. It's America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot today. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Are we talking about what they missed or are we talking about the yellow and pink category first here, James, the age injury contract concerns in the unproven slash young category? Let's do that because, and let's start with the pink. How big would it be if we're saying about DJ Turner, what a lot of us are saying and thinking about Cam Taylor Britt a year from now? Mm -hmm. That would be huge. That instantly becomes at least green. Who knows? Maybe Cam takes a step as well, but pink category is the the unproven slash young category. And then the other one, and it's a big one for a lot of people, is the safety room and Dax Hill and Jordan Battle. And and can they emerge? I think they can. I'm probably more bullish on them than a lot of people, but that needs to to level up a little bit. And it it needs to be green next year because you look around. And you can overcome some things. They're not going to be able to fix every hole this offseason. But that entire secondary being unproven and young, 
the one guy I think a lot of our listeners would trust would be Cam Taylor Britt. Even Jordan Battle, he flashed, no doubt, had a good end of the season. But there were, there were some uh, some bumps in the road as well. So I do think that you look at that quartet and having them emerge and and the investment in them pay off on their rookie deals would be huge. And that's the biggest part of it to me is that you have a couple of years for all of them left on the rookie deal, three years for some of them, none, none of them first round picks. So, Oh, I guess Dak's first round pick, but no first year, no fifth year options for the, the corners, DJ Turner or Cam Taylor Britt. So two and three years of control there left. No, no fifth year option for Jordan battle. So three more years there, but if Jordan battle can be a good starting safety in the NFL as a third round pick, that's, incredible value for your team if dj turner and cam taylor Britt can be good or better starting corners like good great elite whatever it is whatever category you think they're going to fall into that's incredible surplus value for you at a position that is a premium position and gets expensive the one thing that dj missed when he was talking about defensive playmakers that's the category for these couple of guys yeah. uh, because the categories just to be clear quarterback offensive playmaker you want three offensive playmakers quality offensive line where Daniel Jeremiah is looking for three quality offensive linemen, two pass rushers where Hendrickson Hubbard and Hill are the guys that fit in there. And you would hope that miles Murphy takes a step, like you said, James, to get into that bucket. And then defensive playmakers where you're looking for three of them again. And he has Logan Wilson slash Jermaine Pratt at one cam Taylor Britt slash DJ Turner at one and Hill and Jordan battle at one. But Mike Hilton certainly qualifies and is green, like a blue green <laughs> to me. Like he, Mike Hilton is, is not quite blue chipper because of the position he plays because of his coverage limitations that, that occasionally will show up, especially man coverage where, you know, some of his athletic uh, top end is, is exposed where he's a good athlete, but not an, an elite athlete. Right. But he more than makes up for that with his savvy, with his timing of blitzes, with his understanding of how the game is played. And so like, that's where he's probably still green, but he's, he's a high end green player as far as this goes, and he's not getting paid a ton. So that's where the value really shows up. Daniel Jeremiah didn't include him on the list. I think he should be in the list. That gives the Bengals one more green category, potentially, if you're counting him instead of a pink or, or unproven category for Cam Taylor Britt and DJ Turner. And I think that if Cam Taylor Britt stays healthy, he could also join that good player conversation sure. sooner than later. No, I think he would be. I think he would be in it. And it, part of it is just the health factor and then the other two here that made the yellow category which is age injury contract concerns t higgins joe mixon and we talked uh, about joe mixon last week in uh, our opening segment uh or it was this week right yeah it was this week before uh, mock draft monday so go back and, and listen to that if you want you know extensive thoughts on mixon but there's a decent chance that neither of these guys are here in 25 certainly and a pretty high chance that at least one of them isn't here in in 24 and so what happens there does chase brown emerge at, at running back do the bengals find the next t higgins whether it's in the draft or, or is it is it andre yosavash i don't think so and that's not a knock on andre i think andre can be your awesome super sane wide receiver four that that puts fear into opponents but i'm not sure that you can bank on him to be t higgins in this offense unless you have a Brock Bowers. You have another playmaker that, that isn't at, at wide receiver. So it's uh, that's something that they have to hit on. And and who knows? Maybe it is 
running back. Maybe they find the next stud running back in the draft. Maybe it is Chase Brown, and he's the guy that emerges in his Austin Eckler 2.0. I don't know, but I, I do think that that these are two areas where you hope that one is at least green next year because last year at this time, I think T. Higgins, probably not blue, but it's like high-end green. It's in that yeah. Mike Hilton area. And so now with the uncertainty there, that's just another area that, that you you have to address and, and figure out, and we'll see if they can. And I think there would have been an argument to say that T. Higgins last year around this time would have been a blue chipper because you know he didn't have a ton of injuries. He was very productive when Jamar Chase wasn't on the field after 2022 when, when they lost Jamar last year or 2022, two seasons ago. T. Higgins stepped up and had incredible production in those games, even though Jamar wasn't on the field with him, which is one of the big arguments that, that points to how good T. Higgins is and something that we talked about a lot last year when the Bengals were very unwilling to entertain the possibility of, of trading T. Higgins. But you look at this top to bottom, and I think this illustrates, you know, with having spent first round and premium picks on the defensive side of the ball, they need more of those guys to hit from what they've done. And this goes for first round picks, second round picks, and, and in some cases, third round picks. They need their, their premium investments to turn into green plus players. They need to be in that T. Higgins, that uh, Mike Hilton tier of player. And whether that's Miles Murphy, Dax Hill, DJ Turner, Cam Taylor, Britt, Jordan Battle, any of those guys emerging, somebody elevating to, to blue chip status or whoever they drafted 18 this year, whoever they sign in free agency this year, they go sign, you know, Christian Wilkins, Justin Matabike if they hit free agency. That elevates your team, right? You're, you're adding great quality there. If DJ Reader never got hurt and they bring DJ Reader back, that kind of player raises the level of the entire team. And, and that's what you're looking for. And, and that's why the draft is going to be such a, a point of emphasis going forward. Because when you start paying your quarterback and you're paying a couple of foundational pieces, right now it's going to be quarterback, T. Higgins, franchise tag, Trey Hendrickson, and Orlando Brown. Those are your big financial contract obligations, your big financial hits that, that need to be blue chip players for you. When you have those financial obligations, you need the draft picks to come in and, and make bigger impacts. You look around the teams that are making these deep playoff runs, they're getting a lot from their rookies. And no matter where they're drafted, that's what the Bengals need from, from recent classes and from this year's class. And that's where you talk about margin for error. It is a lot smaller for this team. They need to find more instant impact guys that fit and hit the ground running, less Zach Carters, less uh, – uh, Jackson Carmen's where you're spending some picks on guys that just don't quite do the thing that you need them to do. Deontay Smith, you know, we could go on and on Tyler Shelvin. The list goes on and on and the, the guys that they passed as well. Yeah. It's, it's gotta happen. And, and a lot of those guys, like I like the DJ Turner pick. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on him too. I think he's going to be good, but it needs to happen this year because mm -hmm. the, the difference between getting drafted by a, an eight and eight or eight, nine team, or seven and ten teams versus a a team with championship aspirations. If you're going to be playing as a youngster, you better be able to hit the ground running and get close to it. And the good news is, the Bengals have the 18th pick in each round. I uh, and, and so 
that helps. You're not drafting 30th. You, you know, you're not drafting 28th. And, and so they have a shot here to get a, a blue chipper for sure in round one. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they can do that. We'll, I, I think we've referenced the combine every single week yeah. or every single show this week. But we'll, we'll get more information on the combine. How Brock Bowers is 6'1", 190. I'm going to send that out to every NFL GM. And he's, he's a slot receiver. You don't want to draft him in round one just for him to actually. Count. Actually, five ten. He's just Wes Walker size, just right. wearing wearing crazy lifts and cleats. Tricks right. everybody. Um, yeah. Fun fact: the Bengals are not picking 18th in every round due to tiebreakers. It actually gets one pick earlier uh, for the oh. for the next for the like rounds two through five or something before it resets because that's how they do the tiebreaker. Is you pick last out of the tiebreaker in the first round, which is why they're 18th, and then in the second round they'll move up one. Third round, they'll move up one. So you look at the draft order. It's actually not 18th in every round. Fun fact. Would you rather have the 17th pick or have this overall or have the 17th pick in rounds two through five? Obviously the the first round pick. Okay. Yeah. That's where that matters. I don't a whole know lot if it's more. obvious. I don't know. It, it, it is, is to me. It is worth more. But yeah. Okay. Jacksonville's not taking Brock though. It's all right. Yeah, but Indianapolis at 15. Could be the the realistic floor. Sure. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you could get up, you're right. So if you could get up to 15, sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, going to do it. You don't need a slot receiver for Anthony Richardson. <laughs> well, the Colts need a lot of things. So do the Bengals, though, and they need to get it right in the draft. That is the point of, well, one of the points of this conversation. In any event, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay and have a good one.